This episode is sponsored by Code Health. Code connects healthcare providers to the largest community of medical coding professionals in the country with over 4,600 domestic certified coders. As a single stop for all coding needs, Code's on-demand model has solved for daily staffing challenges and coding inefficiencies by allowing providers to access the right coder at the right time while gaining insights to better manage their coding operations. To learn more about Code, visit CodeHealth.com, that's K-O-D-E Health.com, or email Code directly at partnerships at CodeHealth.com. Hello, and welcome to Voices in Healthcare Finance. I'm Erica Grotto. Today, we're taking a break from our usual format to bring you a discussion on the recent midterm elections and how the results might affect the healthcare industry. Rich Daly has that right after this. Wouldn't it be great to provide your staff with unlimited access to HFMA's library of online education? How about HFMA's accredited certification programs, market-leading white papers, in-depth research reports, and more? Introducing Enterprise Solutions, a group membership program designed to provide your organization's employees with cost-effective tools and resources that increase staff engagement and optimize organizational results. Get your organization engaged with Enterprise. For more information and to watch an introductory video, visit hfma.org forward slash enterprise. Hello, this is Rich Daly, Senior Writer and Editor for HFMA. Joining me today on the Voices in Healthcare Finance podcast is Ray Gunling, Senior Vice President of HFMA. He will give us some insight on the healthcare finance impacts from the recent election. Thank you very much for joining us today on the Voices in Healthcare Finance podcast, Rick. Thank you very much. I'm really glad to be here with you, Rich. So we just had the midterm elections. Uh, now what? Well, you know, I think the surprising thing about the midterms election is it really wasn't that surprising. I mean, you know, in the last few years, we've had these big shockwaves through our uh, um, elections, and you know, this this uh, midterm was really as predicted. Um, you know, I think you know the Democratic success in the midterm election uh, likely means that the Republican lawmakers are not going to undertake a second attempt in the next two years to try to repeal and replace uh, the Affordable Care Act, at least through legislation. Um, but I foresee um, the president and, and the administration likely is going to continue to use regulatory agencies. Um, to transform Medicaid, um, maybe roll back industry regulations. You know, they are already addressing some dr drug pricing, um, streamline reviews of medical products. I think all these changes can be done without uh, congressional input. And, um, you know, their efforts may be slowed uh, by Democratic lawmakers taking control of the House and its key committees and have that oversight power. But I think a lot of the um, approaches are going to continue. I see. And uh, do you foresee any new approaches uh, to the healthcare industry as a result? Well, you know, after it's been pretty clear um, uh, over the last two years, you know, I think um, there's been a lot of activity at the federal level without a lot of action. I think providers and health plans can expect more state lawmakers and regulators taking action. Um, you know, I think providers, especially in states that embrace the administrative policies, are going to expect a num uh, the number of uninsured and underinsured probably to increase modestly. 
Um, providers can also expect the uh, administration to continue to embrace value-based care models, um, including the mandatory ones, and that's uh, something inter um, interesting under uh, um, HHX Secretary Azar is that he fully backs um, the mandatory uh, value-based payment models. You know, I think we spoke th with the approach, I think, um, you know, uh, the U.S. Americans have gotten accustomed to the Affordable Care Act, um, especially um, the uh, protections around pre-existing condition. That was a big issue uh, during the, the midterm elections. I think the, the, uh, the um, Democrats' victory in the House is, you know, it's going to signal, uh, you know, a slight um, uh, expansion of benefits facilitated by the, um, by the federal government um, and maybe a little bit a push away from a deregulated approach um, which consumers have, you know, had more in their health ca coverage choices, uh, but but fewer protections. So I think that that that's going to be an an interesting kind of push and pull with the administration and the House. Um, I think over the next two years, healthcare companies are going to likely see some higher premiums placed on transparency, um, you know, which is going to extend beyond prices for um, goods and services to also new co coverage practices. Um, the, uh, the political changes in D.C. are going to give uh, the Democrats more influence over the health policy agenda. But I think, you know, the fundamental business issues are going to remain, you know, that's to slow rising costs, um, create a better consumer experience, and implement new technologies. Um, that's going to, those are kind of perennial industry issues, and I think that that is going to continue. Okay. On the issue of uh, drug, drug pricing specifically, there's been a lot of attention and movement from the administration on this. So where do you see this headed? Well, you know, that's, that's actually something interesting that's likely going to have bipartisan support. Um, I think the Democrats have, uh, have long signaled um, that they consider pharmaceutical pricing to be one of their highest priorities. Um, and so I think that that, that is going to continue. Um, you know, there's going to be um, maybe different approaches um, to how um, uh, that the manufacturer, the drug manufacturers, are going to uh, to be in, um, addressed. I think we're going to see maybe some investigations of by the oversight. Um, I'm sorry, the uh, um, oversight and investigations chair uh, Elijah Cummings, uh, Democrat from Maryland. He's probably going to take a more aggressive tact um, in investigating manufacturers and other. Um, uh, sector uh, stakeholders for some of their pricing increases. You know, I think it sometimes um, uh, gets, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of play. I think that's a lot of the constituents are very concerned about um, that. And then I think uh, that the pricing is not going to be just for drugs. I mean, I think it's going to be all um, the, uh, the areas of health care, both in hospital and physician and uh, lots, of, lots of focus on on, on, on transparency. I see. Okay. And then uh, in terms of Congress, uh, it's, uh, some of its recent action has been focused on the issue of surprise health care bills. Uh, do you see this as an uh, activity area um, that will be continuing? Absolutely. That is another area of um, bipartisan support. We've already actually seen some bipartisan proposals uh, come through. Um, through the Senate, 
and you know, I think that that is going to continue. I think uh, um, we will uh, see some action um, on that. I think the uh, the Healthcare Financial Management Association, along with um, AHA and the America's Health Insurance Plans, has put out some recent guidance on um, a consumer guide to help uh, um, patients and consumers avoid a surprise bill. And I think that, that that is a good resource for all providers and health plans to share, um, and as a consumer ourselves to, sh to, to use as, as well. But I think the surprise bill issue is definitely something that is going to continue to get attention, and, um, and uh, consumers are definitely concerned about that, and that makes their lawmakers concerned about that. All right. All right. And uh, at, lastly, uh, there's a wide, wide range of other issues, but could you tell us a little bit about what you see happening uh, within the Medicaid eligibility expansion? Well, you know, that's, you know, with uh, the um, increase in the number of governors, um, uh, Democratic governors uh, th from, the, uh, from the midterm election, I think we'll see uh, um, the, the expansions continue. Um, uh, so states that had not um, had uh, uh, had not ex expanded, we're going to see see that as well. Uh, um, I think Nebraska, Idaho, Utah had their voters endorse it from uh, public referendums, um, and so I think the the only notable one was uh, the voters in Montana uh, rejected a proposal to continue funding the uh, Medicaid expansion. You know. Uh, that they enacted for temporarily using the um, state's tobacco tax. Um, but I think that they will um, look at other funding mechanisms. Um, and as far as the, the uh, Democratic uh, gubernatorial wins, Maine, uh, Kansas, and Wisconsin is going to make uh, Medicaid expansion more likely in those states. So I think that, that um, the steady uh, increase in the number of states um, embracing Medicare expansion um, is going to continue, um, particularly after the midterms. Voices in Healthcare Finance is produced by the Healthcare Financial Management Association and hosted by Erica Grotto. Today's recording was provided by Rich Daly. Sound editing is by Brian Kuhn. HFMA's president and CEO is Joe Pfeiffer. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. And don't forget to tell a friend or colleague if you like what you're hearing. If you're a healthcare provider with a story to share, or if you'd just like to get in touch with us, you can email us at podcast at hfma.org.